Hey guys, you're listening to Talk Space with Jen and Kui. I'm your girl, Jen. And I'm your girl, Kui. And this is our Safe Space podcast, where we talk about all things life, from professions to family to love and all the things in between. But from our perspective, of course. So grab your favorite drink, have a seat, and let's just chat. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. What's going on? You know, just excited to be recording. I love it when we record. But wait a second. Can I just say that I appreciate your energy at the beginning of every episode? Like, you come on and you're just like, hey, girl, hey. And even when I'm like, hey, girl, you know, that like peps me up. So I just want to let you know I appreciate you. Oh, well, thank you. Because, you know, your girl is hovering a bit low today, okay? The vibes is off. I need to get my shockers realigned or something because, child. <laughs> Not the throat chakra and the heart chakra and the head chakra. I don't really know if those are real chakras, so please, nobody come for me. I just think I heard it on Instagram one time, so. Girl, I don't know, but I need all I need all of them aligned, because any day is off balance, okay? Why are they off balance? Girl, because African-Americans. Because you're pregnant. Uh, listen, I feel like, for the most part, my pregnancy has been very peaceful. Yes. Okay. Three and a half weeks. Just poking away, child. I'm big as I've ever been, and this this person growing inside is five pounds six ounces, child. And ain't nobody trying to feel. You know what? Twenty five, twenty six more days. How many more days? Twenty six days or less. Right. <laughs> Not sixteen items or less in the checkout lane. Very listen. Listen. Lord, I don't know why that popped into my head when you said twenty six days or less. But as of tomorrow, we can go through we can go through self checkout as of tomorrow. Okay. Okay, let's do it. It's gonna be okay. It's almost done. And then you got the after stuff. I ain't never smoked a cigarette in my life, but I really could use a cigarette. I don't understand <laughs> how you automatically know that having a cigarette is going to bring you the level of peace that you are seeking right now. If you've never smoked a cigarette. People that smoke cigarettes, they be like, oh, I need a cigarette. And they're going. <sighs> and they come back and they be real mellow. I need that. Time out. Time out. Why did your eyes just roll in the back of your head when you smoked your imaginary cigarette? Because, you know, people be like, I need a cigarette. And that's what they do. And they pull it all the way in. And they let it all the way out. And that's exactly what you get. Come on now. Don't, try to, don't act like you don't know. I'm done. I'm an asthmatical. I cannot be around people who smoke. That'll that'll kill me. Listen, that's what I need. Anyway, while you get your non-cigarette having self together <laughs> over there. <laughs> so, guys, we have just wrapped up our, I guess, like introductory financial fitness journey plan series type of situation and a large Mm -hmm. large part of that journey is how much money we're bringing in right that's what it has to do with we can't really have a level of financial fitness unless we're bringing in money unless you somehow have somebody bringing in the money for you and you're allowed to spend it and if that's the case hashtag pull up on me because I want to partake kidding not kidding Hashtag, do they got a brother or a sister 
or non-binary person. Can they share? Or anybody at this right. point. Is they is they spreading the love with the coins? That's what we care about. <laughs> is there a dog with an inheritance that is almost at the end of their life? <laughs> oh, yo, I would really take and the money from a dog. Just... You know, some rich people leave, the, leave it to their pets for real. Bro, roof, yes. roof. I'm a dog, okay? <laughs> I will keep Wait it. Wait a second. <laughs> Not roof, roof. <laughs> you can't enunciate and sound like an animal at the same time. I just did. Okay. All right. So, with that said, traditionally speaking, I think in the hashtag limited thinking mind frame, traditionally speaking, income is viewed as something that someone gains when they are employed by a company or by another person. But in the last few years, I think we've seen like this significant shift in that frame of thought in that so many people are starting businesses or thinking about starting businesses. And I have to say, it's the hashtag beautiful thing to see so many people wanting to be financially independent of a company that employs them and can unemploy them very quickly. Yeah, I think that is, I think that's commendable. I definitely do, but (laughs) it's not easy. (laughs) Girl. So disclaimer really quick. Regardless of your source of legal income, (laughs) let's emphasize legal here. We do not advocate for the illegal activities, but regardless. Girl, speak for yourself because somebody, somebody illegal business ain't got nothing to do with my legal sources of income. So if you want to get it illegally, do your thing, boo. It's 2022. Okay. Well, regardless of if it's legal or illegal, since apparently one half of Talk Space with Jen and Kui is advocating for... No, no, no. Hold up. Hold up. Wait a minute now. I didn't say I was advocating. I'm just saying if you are getting illegal sources of income and that's how you take care of your family, that's your business. Now, I would I would advise you to govern yourself accordingly, okay? Right. So however you're getting your money, make sure that you kill it, right? And every day, I feel like we should kind of face the day as if we're killing it. No excuses. However, comma, if you are looking or are interested in starting a little something, something on the side, whether it's full time or on the side, that's what this conversation is about. So we want to talk about that and make sure that we understand kind of like the super, super basic things that go into starting your own business. Hashtag be your own boss. I feel like that's trending. People that just walk away from like your primary source um, and jump headfirst into entrepreneurship. I love that shit. If it is keeping you afloat, I love that for you. No, but if you're like, if you jump headfirst in it and it's it really is sustaining you and your family and whatever, I love that for you. Listen, keeping one afloat and flourishing are two different things. That's very true. And sometimes I think those of us that kind of jump head first and are like, you know what, forget it. Not going to work that regular nine to five because that's a decision that I made, right? Like, I'm not going to do it. I can't stand it. I need the freedom. Low key, sometimes I'm like, oh, should I go back? Like, should I, should I dip my toe in very quickly? But then there was like a couple of months last year that I dipped my toe in and went back and I was like, oh, no, I can't do it. I'm done. Nope. I completely forgot what it felt like. And 
So I was like, I'm jumping back out of the employed pool. And See, I'll that's another problem, too, with people that are employed by corporations is y'all be afraid to cuss these folks out. I'm going to cuss you out. <laughs> what, what triggered you? What did I say that triggered you? Well, that's only because, like, I, I personally knew, like, we talked about it when you said that you dipped your toe back in. It was like, oh, no, I know having to answer to somebody, I know that did it for you. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? But, really like, did. that's what triggered me just now because, see, y'all people be scared to cuss these folks out. And I don't care who you are. I will cuss you out. I'm not going to use profan- profanity, but I'm going to definitely, you're going to know that you just got cursed out. In, um, you're going to read someone. Office jargon. You just got Kurt. You just got. You got me fifty shades up in professional language. That's what you just got. <laughs> I am all for telling people that their system is inefficient, and that's pretty much what I had to do. And you know, another big part of it was that if you want to bring me on as a full time employee, even a part time employee, then pay me my worth and let me do what you have hired me to do. I don't do well with people micromanaging me or, you know, having to report to someone. I don't do well with remembering to clock in and out. None of that stuff works for me at all. It never has, which is why I have for most of my career tried to make sure that I was in positions that I did not have to answer to too many people or anyone at all. Or even if there was someone on paper that I was supposed to answer to, I still just did my own thing. But yeah. It doesn't work for me. My favorite phrase is I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not. If it don't make sense, y'all, I'm not doing it. Literally on a 30 minute conference call today about all of these things we needed to do. Cause I'm giving on maternity mm-hmm. leave. So my, my company has hired quite a bit of new people. So they're trying to get certain things put in place before I leave. I'm not doing it. I like that. Not everybody has that. I don't necessarily want to say it's courage because it's not always a, a thing of or a matter of courage. Not everybody has cojones. Balls is what I was going to say. Um, And then I think some people also don't feel like they have the freedom to do that. And it's not necessarily about whether or not your position allows you that freedom, but whether or not your quality of life provides you that freedom, right? So if you don't want to go home feeling overworked or stressed out or you know, just completely over it. And you don't want to be one of those people that absolutely hates your job. Then you've got to say, nope, not doing that. Yeah. And I think it also is more or less too about in a situation like where I've always found myself being able to say that, because I I will say, I think for, for any job that I've had in my adult life, I've been able to say that and stand 10 toes down because the people who I'm saying it to, they know if I'm saying it, then like it is probably, is it doesn't need to be done or isn't going to be beneficial if it is. You know what I'm saying? Because of who I am and what Absolutely. I bring to the table. So that also goes back to making sure that people pay you your work. And let me tell y'all, y'all going to pay me. Every cent. Y'all going to pay me or I ain't going to do it. But you know, that's another thing. Like when you, I, I think sometimes, and this doesn't, this doesn't apply for every job in every position, right? Because there are some positions where a person may not have as much responsibility as others. But the more you say yes, the more they will give you. If you do not set a hard boundary or if you do not say, 
no, I'm not going to go to lunch, you know, late every single day just because you want to have an extra meeting right before then, or I'm not going to cut this break short, or I'm not going to not take a break. If you don't set those boundaries in your professional life, they also lead to, you know, the added stress and things of that nature. Do you think that? Some people have. Yes. Yes. That's such an interesting perspective because I don't feel that way at all. Because what I remember, so years ago when um, I was a program director for a school, there was just more and more and more. And I wasn't setting, I, I was setting some boundaries, but I wasn't setting strong and firm boundaries enough. And I would just take so much work home. So I remember I was at the campus every day, no later than 6.30 a.m. to open the campus up or to be one of the first people on the campus. I didn't leave until 11 p.m. at night because I taught a 9 to 2 p.m. class, a 2 to 4 p.m. class, and a 6 to 10 p.m. class. And that was Monday through Thursday. I worked nine to five on Friday and then I worked nine to four Saturday and Sunday. So I worked seven days a week and then I was working these very, very long hours during the week. And every time they said, can you take another class that they wouldn't have to hire someone else? Mind you, I'm the program director. So I'm supposed to be running the program. And here I am teaching all of these classes. And they'd be like, hey, can you cover this class? Hey, can you do tutoring on your Friday? Hey, can you do tutoring between four and six? And I kept just saying, yes, yes, yes. And when I tell you, I was so, like, I was just over it. I remember sitting in a meeting one day and they were asking me about a student's attendance. And I just blew up in the meeting. I was just like, if people would read their damn emails, we wouldn't have to sit in this meeting. For 45 minutes, I sent these updates in an email at nine o'clock this morning. I told you the student was pregnant. That's why she's not in class. And they were like, well, can you get her to come to class? There's a hospital right around the corner. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, I just remember blowing up because I was so stressed out and not setting firm boundaries. And then after that, besides, you know, being called to the president's office and him thinking that I needed to <laughs> get some extra support because I was going off on people in meetings. Um, I just said, listen, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm not covering this class. I'm not going to do all of this extra stuff. If you want this done, then you need to hire someone for this specific position. And I had to set that firm boundary because if I didn't, I'm telling you that was about to drive me crazy. And mind you, my commute was an hour and a half to two hours each way at that time. So I would leave campus at 11, get in around 1.30-ish if I could stay awake while I was driving, and then leave my house by four o'clock in the morning so that I could be back at campuses because I was not setting firm boundaries and I kept saying yes to things. I think that's such, such an interesting dynamic because I've never, I've never faced that. That's never been me. That's never been my journey. I've always found it to be the other way. When you find yourself being more accommodating, I find that Places take advantage of you. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like the more I kept saying yes, the more they kept giving me to do. And I like, I would literally have no breaks during the day. Oh, okay. 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 So I was thinking that you were saying like, like they, they appreciate you more. And I was like, that's not, I've never experienced it. No, 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 no. I appreciated myself more when I set those boundaries. Mm. Um, 
Because, you know, like I said, like I would come in in the morning and I would prep and make copies. Mind you, I was still running a department. So I had multiple instructors and my instructors didn't get paid for like admin time or prep time. So I would come in super early, make all their copies for the day, set their classrooms up, make sure that their lessons plans, you know, were printed and their PowerPoints were ready and everything to go and then still prep for my class. And I taught from nine to two, two to four, tutored from four to six, taught from six to 10, wrapped everything up from six to 11, left campus at 11, drove home two hours, right? And I would do that Monday through Thursday because I kept saying yes. And then when I said no, they were like, what? What do you mean? I was like, no, I'm not doing it. Um, If you want all these other classes taught, then you need to hire instructors because I can't effectively run a program and develop curriculum and support my other instructors, right, if I don't have that. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I said all that to say that boundaries are extremely important, whether or not you have your own business or you work for another company, but it's, it's, it's a no for me. I will say working, working specifically in corporate America really does make you want to be a hunter for real. Well, let me speak for me personally. Personally, it makes my entrepreneurial journey that much more important. Maybe. But the thing is, I think for me specifically and the goals that I've set for my company is that I don't want to go back. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure like my company is operating on its own two feet solidly. So this child. I get it. I know them people are going to get double time cussed out if I have to go back. I ain't even going to hold you. I mean, y'all really going to be ready to feel for then. <laughs> Don't do it, girl. Don't do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I know. I know. Fix your face. Fix- Didn't we talk about this in the last episode? Fix your face before it gets stuck. You say fix my face, but you're the only person that can see it. So if you just keep rolling, well, nobody even knows the problem with my face. Because it makes me want to start laughing when I see your facial expressions. Be telling me to fix my face like like y'all can see it. Ain't she awful? Y'all, we gonna go live so y'all can see my face. And then I'm gonna let her I'm be like, go ahead and say it. Tell me to fix my face. And I damn sure not. I'm still not gonna fix it. <laughs> I'm still not gonna fix it. <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyway, as entrepreneurs in a family of entrepreneurs and founders and creators, there are so many things that I think that both of us learned and are still learning um, by trial and error. And we wanted to share some of those things with you guys. Make sure you don't make the same, I don't want to say mistakes, but you you don't have the same learning curve <laughs> that we have had or that we have witnessed other people have had. So first thing first, when you say that you want to have your own business, you want to start your own company, you don't want to work for anybody anymore, you need to figure out what it is that you want to do. Because if you don't have a clear cut vision, you're going to be all over the place. So figure out what it is that you want to do. Figure out if you want to sell something, if you want to create something, make something, or if you want to provide a particular service and make sure that what you are proposing or that what your intention is, is to provide something unique, right? What's going to make your lashes different from someone else's? What's going to make your nail business different from someone else's? Yeah, that's, I think that's super, super important. And I think a lot of people don't 
realize that because honestly, if you have like a product based business, and this is just my opinion, but if you have a product based business and you have a super supportive family, they're going to support you. They're going to go hard for you, hopefully. Um, but then after they have all of your products, if they were your only customer base, because you don't have a unique, you know, product or service, you're going to hit kind of a plateau. So in order to avoid that, I think it's really, really important to just have something unique and no market is oversaturated if you're unique. At least that's my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. I think there's enough money in the world for everybody. Um, One of the things in what you just said about product based businesses is um, I don't know if you if you follow her on um, social media, but uh, Supa Supercent, she owns the Crayon Case Makeup Company. One of the things she always said is do not market to your family and your close friends because they are not for product based businesses. Now, that's this is what she sells makeup. So as y'all know, the makeup industry is huge and everybody sells lashes, sells makeup, you know, does that. But she basically says, I mean, and it's one of the things that she really has been consistent about saying since she started her company is do not market to your family and your friends because like you just said. If they're going to support you, they're going to support you. If they're going to go hard for you, they're going to go hard for you. But if you market to them, specifically get them to buy your products or use your products or whatever, eventually that money from just your family, your friends is going to stop. Your number one buyer is going to be somebody that you are not related to. Mm, That's powerful. The person who's going to support your product-based business the most is not going to be your cousin. It's not going to be your mama. It's going to be some random girl from some random state who was like, ooh, that's a pretty shade. Let me get that. And I love that. I've always loved that. I, you know, personally not having a product-based business, I I never thought about that. As soon as you start thinking about selling something, you got to be like, oh, well, this is something my mama could use. So she'd buy it. My sister would love it. So she'd buy it. But don't market to them because they only going to buy it one time. And they probably going to ask you for a discount. Which is part of the conversation also. But listen, I just want to play devil's advocate for a minute because that was something very, very interesting. And the, the flip side of that is don't limit your business because of your family as well. Right. And so I'm saying that to say, even when we um, were talking about starting our podcast, we were talking about what topics we wanted to cover and we were like, Oh Lord, we know if our family listens, it's going to, you know, some stuff might get started. And then we were just like, you know what? We don't care because it's not just for them. If they want to listen, that's great. That's amazing. Thank you for the support. But if they don't, that's okay too, because the audience that we're trying to reach is much larger than that. And it doesn't only encompass that. So don't limit your business because you are afraid it's not going to make someone proud or it's, you know, for instance, I know someone who wanted to sell pleasure toys and she was very, very scared about it because of who her family is and how religious they are and how prominent they were in this particular community. And she was like, I'm really passionate about, you know, self-pleasure essentially and how important it is. Is she selling them and where can I buy them? Listen, (laughs) she is and I will forward that to you. But she was just like, I really, really want to do this, but I really, 
you know, don't want my family to be ashamed of me. So she basically was telling me because she wanted me to be like a partner with her. And so she would handle all the business stuff. And then it would just be like me going out and promoting. I'm not a salesman. That's one thing I cannot do. It's not for me. It's not my calling. It's not my blessing. Listen, this is what I do. If you want it, you want it. If you don't, you don't. That's cool. So I remember having no product really long conversations basically. with her. None. Zero. Mm-mm. Could not. I could not. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Time out. <laughs> I'm going to take a little detour. If I was being paid solely on commission for something, I'd be poor. I couldn't do it. I like couldn't. I couldn't even. I don't even think I could sell houses because I can talk. And I can really try to persuade a person, but for what? <laughs> Do you like this house? I'm not going to go. No, this is what the selling price is. Do you want it or not? <laughs> Absolutely. I feel that way too. Right. But getting back to the story. So she wanted to sell um, pleasure pieces and was super, super ashamed. Not ashamed, but she didn't want her family to be ashamed. And we had so many conversations. And eventually she just kind of got over that. And, you know... There were some aunties that looked at her sideways at first, and then they bought something. Because um, we know the aunties love stuff like that. Listen, even if they say they don't. So yes, the flip side of that is um, don't limit your business because of your family and don't only create a business to sell to your family because when everyone has it, you don't have a customer base. And I think that's very important because I'll say like throughout this process of having this podcast, I don't know if you guys can tell, I'm very vulgar. I have a potty mouth. I really, honestly, when we're talking a lot of the times, I have to dial it back because, baby, this mouth is reckless. If y'all heard some of the before clips, one of the things that we had talked about, I don't know if you remember, but this is like during, before we even started recording, before we even had equipment to record, I told you, if we're going to do this, I have to be able to be myself. So I know that we have family that listen to the podcast. I know like my mom, your mom, listen to the podcast. But I need to be able to curse when I want to curse. I need to be able to talk how I want to talk. If this is going to be a safe space, I need to really be able to let it all hang out. Okay? Fupa coming out the leggings hang out. Okay? And if we can't do that... (laughs) The visual. And if we can't do that, then I don't want to be a part of it. And you were like, no, I agree. And I was like, I'll dial it back just a snitch. I won't drop as many F-bombs as I don't (laughs) (laughs) but listen that's that's one of the reasons why this works it's one of the reasons why I definitely wanted you I told you when I was thinking of this literally the only person that popped into my head as a co-host because I can't tolerate most of y'all just kidding um but the only person that popped into my head as a co-host was you period it wasn't like and I don't I don't care Honestly, what's the point of having a creative space if you can't be yourself? Absolutely. And that's what your business should be. It should be your creative space to create whatever it is. Create your product, create your service. I don't care if you're creating candles. I don't care if you just have a drop shipping company where you order a bunch of stuff, you sell it, and then you just mail it out to people. It doesn't matter. It's still your creative space and you got to be authentic to you. Stand in your truth, Sugarfoot. Absolutely. I'm okay with it. Okay, and if you ain't... what? Well, that's too damn bad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what that thing say? She said, people going to talk about you. They going to scandalize you. She didn't say scandalize. I don't think she can pronounce the word scandalize, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. 
So in talking about um, finding your niche and what it is that you want to do, I think sometimes people are like, I want to start my own business because I don't want to work for anyone else, but I have no clue what to do. So if you don't mind, Kui, I just want to take a couple of seconds and just kind of throw some things out there for people that are kind of trending now, um, just in case someone is in that that in-between space. They're like, oh, I'm tired of going to work, but I don't really know what I would do. So mm-hmm. um, as we mentioned before, lashes are a huge, huge thing. Lots of people are selling lashes, but please make sure that your lashes are nice. Like don't, don't sell stuff that's going to fall apart as soon as people opens it and don't sell stuff that's causing these eye infections because that's not cute either. But anyway, so um, lashes is a big thing. Uh, people have vending machine businesses, multiple vending machine businesses, which I think is a really, really cool idea that I've actually looked into myself. Um, selling candles or even making candles. Candles are not that difficult to make and you can make a lot of money if you get your um, formula correct. Uh, let's see if you do any type of skincare products, whether it's all natural that you make in your kitchen, that's amazing. Or you just, you know, found a business that was looking for representatives and you have skincare products, crafts, um, woodworking, any type of artistic vibe is really, really trending right now. Um, wholesale clothing boutiques, we mentioned drop shipping. So all of those are kind of like product based businesses. Do you have any more that you know that are trending? No, you kind of hit them all really did um one of the things that i will say especially right now with you know the black people really pushing the envelope i think um you know those black-based businesses that really are driving you to be more awoke or awake in the culture those are like i'm girl i don't know that that came out on girl Girl, just cut, okay. just cut everything I just said out. Never mind. No, we're going to roll with what you said. We're just going to leave it there. Right, right. Just all right. Um, but in mentioning a lot of like black driven or black inspired or um, black targeted businesses or even people of color, right? Because it's not just pushing the black envelope anymore. I think it's a lot of people of color that are really pushing their own identifiable envelopes or own relatable yeah. envelopes. Um, I'm uh-huh. seeing a lot of like authors coming out, which is amazing, right? So like as a writer myself, I'm seeing all these children's books that are coming out that just give children something they can identify with. Oh, this character looks like me. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Journals and planners and notebooks and backpacks and dolls and action figures that are coming out. Like it's so awesome because I know growing up, I wasn't really a doll player. Like that wasn't me. Get me a truck, and I don't know. I'm good. But anyway, should have knew But girl. I definitely know. <laughs> you are so <laughs> disrespectful. How do you mean it? Oh, I'm over here sweating. I'm laughing so hard. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. Coming you. back. Coming back. Because you've got about a good 25 minutes left before uh, it's time to make dinner. But I know growing up that even if we did go to a toy store, there was nothing that looked like me. Like 
I did not want Malibu Barbie. I did not want Barbie in the beach house. I did not want, you know, astronaut Barbie. Like, come on. I wanted something that felt like it was more real to me. And the crazy thing is, is that I didn't realize that that's what it was at the time. Mm -hmm. Right. So maybe had I seen something that replicated some aspects of my life, then I may have, I'm lying. I still wouldn't have played with it. Mm -mm. I wouldn't have, but it would have been nice to see. But I'm not going to lie. Like, because that's a really good point because the dolls that I remember like growing up with, because I, I did play with dolls were ugly. Mm. They weren't even cute. Like black women are beautiful. Like, ew, why is she dusty? I remember somebody gave me a doll and it was literally ashy. The doll was ashy, y'all. So as a kid playing with it, I would always, before I started playing with it, I would get a little gasoline rub on it. Because it just looked (laughs) ashy. It was like the plastic was like, I don't even know, like. I don't know how to explain it. The, the plastic of the doll looks very ashy. I'm like, girl, why your mama didn't put you no lotion on today? Let me help you out. Listen, that's how you know that you grew up in a household where your mother would not let you leave the house looking ashy. Because if you put Vaseline on your baby doll <laughs> in your head when you did it, you come on your now. Saying, you know, listen. You looking like that. <laughs> listen. If you're, ch- listen, I'm going to tell y'all something. For people, for non-black people, okay, I don't know about anybody else. I'm only speaking from a black woman's perspective. My mama always told me that if I was ashy, why are you ashy? You look like don't nobody love you. So you leaving the house ashy equates to other people thinking you are not loved, okay? So you were never leaving the house ashy. You were going to be greased up like a like somebody put Crisco on you and was getting ready to fry you up and just took you off the grease. That's exactly what you're going to be look like. And back in the day when I was growing up, that, that equated to you being loved. And it's so funny because I want to say last year I was having a conversation with my sister here. She has two little ones, two little beautiful chocolate babies. And we were having a conversation and she was like, Lord, it looked like don't nobody love my baby. He a little ashy. She just got some lotion and just rubbed it on his face. And I was like, Lord. So it still is applicable today. So if your kids are going out ashy, please believe me. Other people are thinking that your children are not loved. So that's all I'm going to say on that. Put some crit- so you didn't want your baby doll to appear as if she wasn't loved. So you rubbed Vaseline. Right. Because I doll. actually I liked get her. it. I get you know it. She was the cuter one, too. You know what I'm saying? I made the connection. Mm-hmm. 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 I hate you. We just took a deep dive. No, but now, like, you're right, but representation matters. So, like, now they have, kids do have toys where it can be very relatable. And then not only just your black and brown Barbies that are beautiful, but, like, they even have the plus size, you know, dolls, the dolls with disabilities. So all of those things, representation matters. So I think this really dope. Just kind of piggybacking off of the fact that representation does matter because it does. So, you know, kudos to everybody out here putting in that work to make sure everybody represented. Okay. Yes. I love it. I love it. And kudos to everyone who is not of the ethnicity being represented that also supports because that's a big thing as well when you get support from other communities. So that's amazing. Um, so 
those were some product-based businesses before we went down the rabbit hole of representation matters and the Barbies and loving your dolls. Sorry, not sorry. But again, those are some product-based businesses. And now for some service-based businesses, meal prep is a big thing. If you can cook or if you can meal prep for people, a lot, a lot of people love those services. Um, consulting, if you are a subject matter expert in any area, make what you know work for you. So if you are a writer, if you are a painter, if you can draw any of those things, you can start a consulting business. Brand and social media marketing. Huh. Listen, we need a brand and social media marketer, but we don't want to pay you. So if you can work for free, let us know. But I'll make you cookies. I'm just saying. I make really good peanut butter cookies. She can cook to y'all. <laughs> but yes, brand and social media marketing managers. Um, if you want to start a cleaning business, if you really just like to clean or that's your safe space or you like cleaning other people's houses, start a cleaning company, start an organizing company. So many people want people to come in and help them organize their houses. So that's a thing. Pet sitting, pet walking, childcare services, tutoring services. So any of those could be a potential route for you. Regardless of if you have a product or a service, you want to make sure that your quality of um, your product or service is the absolute best quality that you can provide because that is super, super important. And then knowing your audience. So we just talked about the very first thing you should do, which is know what it is you want to sell or provide. Kui, what should people do next? Well, next, now that you know what what industry you're going to be focusing, you know that you're going to what type of business you're going to start. You didn't found your niche, and girl, you're ready to set it up. You know exactly how you're going to set yourself apart. The next part, guys, is registering your business. Register your business. I'll say it again for the people in the back. Register your business. <laughs> it's not that hard to register your business. All you're going to do is just go to the Secretary of State or your state and get your name and register it. And the reason why that is so important is because if you don't register your business and you don't register your business's name, someone else can have that same name and you'll be butt out when you are ready to go to start marketing or doing anything else. So definitely registering your business and as we said go to where queen your secretary of state to register your business and not for nothing another thing is too is like really important a lot of people especially if you're doing something like product based or you're going to be using social media to push your business if you were to like if your business were to become lucrative and if you are not having registered someone can literally take the name of your business and trademark it and do whatever else with it and actually can get the clout and monetize that so that you won't have access to. I mean, just something to kind of put it put in perspective. Like everybody always judges the Kardashian because they trademark everything. Like they trademark all of their names, their businesses, etc., whatever. But they do that because they do not want anybody coming put nobody else pulling up making money off of their names. So that's why it's very important. Like once you figured out what type of industry once you figured out what your thing is and you're actually going to start it, go ahead and take the money. It's different for each state, so I'm not going to give a price. But typically, it's like not more than $125. I haven't seen like just getting it registered. I've never seen it more than $125. Yeah, 
I don't know about New York. I've never lived there. But get your business registered. At least have it on the books with your secretary of state. And then right after that, go to the IRS website and get an EIN. And that's basically like what I could equate that to, just to put it really easy, is like a social security number for your business. Boom. The EIN number is free. You just have to put in the information. That's it. Get that taken care of. Make your business a legal business. And guys, this is even if like your business is not actually going to be up and running for a year or two years, whatever, it doesn't matter. The moment you have the concept, the moment you have the idea and you have a name and you know what it is you want to do, make sure that you register it. Because in that year or two years, you may be having a conversation with someone and you may mention it. And then that person will take your idea and run with it. But if you have it registered, from the day that you think about it, right, from the day that that idea is born, then you don't have to worry about someone else taking your potential opportunity and profiting off of it. It's super, super important to do that. I think, um, Kui, and, and completely feel free to dis, um, to disagree with me here. I think after a person, before I get into that, I do want to say, guys, this is, again, if you intend to have a fully functioning legal or legally registered business, if you want to keep it on the side and do your little thing, and you know, whatever, that's your business. Absolutely fine, whatever you want to do. But if you want everything to be on the books and to have a business that can potentially grow to a level to where you're hiring employees and you know you are paying taxes and you're offering benefits, things of that nature. We're kind of gearing that, we're gearing this conversation towards that. But if you're not there and you're still, you know, just wanting to run it as a really, really small operation and not go through all this, that's absolutely fine. But if you're not, then this is for us. But getting back to what I was saying, I think the next thing to do is start thinking about financing. So after you register your business, you have your name, all this other stuff, even if you have like a logo and you want to get that, you know, registered and everything, I think the next thing to do is really think about financing. How are you going to fund this entire business? Are you funding it solely yourself? Do you need to take out loans to fund it? Do you need to search for grants to fund it? Do you need to have investors to fund it? Um, but I think that's a, that's a really, really crucial step because if you needed investors, then you have to factor in a business plan and then developing that in order to present to your investors. But, you know, I could be wrong. I just think that financing is, you know, one of the very first things that should be done. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's very important to look at what type of um, at what type of money it's going to cost to not only run your business in the startup months, but also get the stuff get stuff started, just getting it off of the ground. So like for a product-based business, are you going to be buying your inventory and then selling it? Or are you going to take pre-orders? You know, if you're selling, we use lashes guys. And I know that's like the thing that we use, but that is something that's very trendy. And y'all know your girl will get her lashes done. But are you just going to be having, are you going to have an inventory of lashes on hand? So where's that money going to come from to buy your inventory? Are you going to take pre-orders and then you order them? You got to remember all of those things, both ways are going to come with some constraints. So if you're taking pre-orders, well, how long is it before when your customer makes that purchase on that website or puts that money in your hand or cash has, cash apps you that money? How long is it going to take them to get their product? 
So you have to factor all of that in, you know, or are you going to bite the bullet and say, well, it's going to cost me $500 to get my supply of lashes. Where are you going to get that $500 from? Make sure you have that available. So yes, I agree, G, that financing next is very important. What's it going to take for you to get your business off the ground, but also the months after you've decided? Absolutely. Um, Because getting your money in order from the beginning, as Quee said, is super, super important. And it's not like when you work for someone else. When you are an employee and you work for a company, you can almost always bet that your check is going to be in your account. If you have direct deposit, you can bet that your check is going to be in your account on a particular day. You know, now if it's being mailed, I don't know because the mail has been shady lately, but you know, the money is going to come. Whereas when you're an entrepreneur, you don't really know if the money is going to come. So having the financial aspects, at least for the first year, year and a half, two years, shoot, if you can get the first three years covered, you're awesome because a lot of businesses don't actually turn a profit until after that year or two year mark. So if you can get enough financing or at least an investor that's going to promise to provide you with enough financing for the first year or two years, that is amazing because then you don't have to worry about if you can actually order your product in to send it out to your customers, you know, based on how much money you have in your account, you'll have that there. Now, I mentioned something about a business plan, and some people will tell you that a business plan is not needed. And I would say, if you are going to look for investors, and investors, guys, are just people that are going to fund your business, essentially. If you are going to look for investors, you need to have a business plan. Now, whether that's a hard copy business plan or a digital business plan that you present in some Google Slides or PowerPoint presentation, whatever, you need to have something because people want to know what they are investing in. They want to know what your plan is. They want to know the ins and outs of your business before your business is even a business. Absolutely. There are tons of resources for business plans out there. Um, We can put some in the show notes just in case anybody is looking for templates of business plans. Or if you have the funding, you can hire someone to write a business plan for you. You sit down with them, you tell them your vision for the business, you tell them where your building is going to be. If you're going to have a building, you tell them about the equipment costs and your overhead price and all this other stuff. And you tell them your marketing strategy, your vision, and they will put it together for you. But we'll put that type of stuff in the show notes. Um, But definitely funding, as we mentioned. I think beyond that, I think beyond that, you get into a lot of legal things like your business structure, whether it's a sole proprietorship, an LLC, a partnership, a corporation, things of that nature. And that stuff can get super, super technical. And there's a lot that goes into determining which business structure to go with. There's a lot of liability that can go into that decision as well. So definitely consult. Hey, if you can find a business coach, that would be amazing, right? If you can find a mentor, that would be amazing. Your legal team, find a lawyer. They can absolutely break all of these things down to you so that you can make the best decision possible. And then beyond that, we just got to get up and rolling. So we need to have a business bank account. Do not have your business money coming into your personal account. That's not a good move. Because if anything goes wrong in the business, if there's any liability issues in the business, your personal bank account will be relinquished. So make sure that there is a separate account. Also, because you just don't want to get the money mixed up. What you have for you 
once you pay yourself, which doesn't always happen as an entrepreneur, but the money that you have that is yours, have it in a separate account than the money that the business is actually making. What was that look for? Well, because being an entrepreneur is slave work, honestly. <laughs> I remember all that cash, I, that cash poop I was talking earlier about paying my worth and all this. Child, let me tell you about owning a business. <laughs> what worth? Okay. Ain't no worth. Peanuts. Peanuts. Girl, sometimes not even that. Sometimes it ain't even enough to get a pack of peanuts. But no, seriously. And then not only with that, paying yourself with a kind of just piggybacking to that, just be sure what type of business structure you're going to set up. Like it, because not every business structure can you get a W-2. A lot of people don't know that. Mm. Don't know that. And I know we're getting super, super technical. I don't even want to say super, super technical because yes, we're getting technical, but it's not nearly as in depth as this conversation could actually go if this was in like, if we were solely geared towards our entire podcast of being about entrepreneurship. So it's not really technical, but it is kind of technical. But again, if you're just looking to, and this is not to downplay any business, but if you're just looking to, you know, sell a little something on the side and not go through all these legalities, that's fine. That's your business. I'm a mind the business that pays me. But if you're looking to go this route, these are kind of the steps that we think are the most beneficial. So yeah, getting that separate bank account, getting a line of credit for your business, getting a credit card for your business. Those things are crucial as well. And then I think, ooh, marketing. Oh, Marketing is super important to build your business, to promote your business, developing a website, developing a logo, getting your social media up and running, getting followers for your social media, making sure that you post consistently on social media, business cards. I mean, I know a lot of people choose not to do business cards, but I still think it's a good thing to have just in case. Then hiring people, having employees, then having the right software so that you can cut checks and you can keep finances in order and, you know. It's a lot, but it can be extremely, extremely rewarding. I mean, I think just in general, the amount of information and knowledge that you gain from working in different industries. For me, my business is completely separate from what I do in my nine to five. So it's been very exciting to be able to learn new things, you know, be able to experience the nuances of of this business because, boy... I don't even know how I have hair left. But the knowledge that you gain, the experience that you gain is very rewarding. But again, you just want a pack of peanuts and you need enough money to get. Someone shared something on Facebook the other day and they said that there's this impression that deciding to become an entrepreneur just automatically means that you're going to be rolling in dough. And it's not that. That's the trend that's been set. That's not the case. It's a lot of hard work that goes into it. If I didn't already say this, because I don't remember if I did or not, but make sure you have a lawyer of some sort, even if it's just someone that you can consult with, maybe they're not really on the books with you, but make sure that you have a lawyer that you can consult with. Make sure that you're reviewing your contracts. Make sure that you have an accountant or an accountant adjacent friend. that can really make sure that your numbers look good and that your business is doing what it needs to do so that you are not in the red for a significant amount of time because that's important. Absolutely. But yeah. Yeah. Anything else? 
No, I think we kind of okay. Kind of, we get all the points. I mean, because we don't want to get too in depth. We are not business structure professionals, and so that's not our calling. We really just want to get all these serious conversations out of the way so that we can get back to our normal shenanigans. But we definitely wanted to come into the new year with a, a little bit of um a little bit of a, a game plan in a way to get us set up for the rest of the year. And then that way we can just get back to our regular uh foolishness. I love all the food. I'm gonna bring y'all foolishness no matter what we're talking about. Y'all already know that, but So just to recap guys. If you're thinking about starting your own business, and again, these are like businesses that you are starting from the ground up, right? If you're going to sell jewelry that's somewhat, you know, like, and this is just me throwing names out there. If you're going to sell paparazzi jewelry or you're going to sell Avon or Mary Kay or any of these other things, that's great, but you don't have all of these same steps involved, right? So this is really just from the ground up um, things or steps that need to kind of happen in order for you to um, get the business started. Okay. So first things first, figure out what it is that you want to do. Figure out if you're going to sell a product or you're going to have a service-based business. Make sure that you register your business, register your business name, register your business logo. All of those things are super, super important. Then you need to look at financing options. So how are you going to fund your starter? How are you going to fund all of your initial expenses and maybe expenses for at least the first two years. If you're going to have investors, if you're going to take out a loan, you need to have a business plan to present to your financial institution or to present to your potential investors. Then really just deciding on your business structure, which all of that should really be incorporated in your business plan anyway, because your investors need to know what their potential liability is in your company. Then tax ID, as Chris said, establishing a separate bank account. Establishing lines of credits and credit cards, developing a website, your social media presence, uh, business cards, deciding on your HR structure and employee structure and the software that you're going to use to keep your books correct, to keep your employees on track. And yeah, just getting your, your legal team, your supportive team together. But all those things are extremely, extremely important in setting your business up to succeed. Now, what you do from there. How you run your business will also determine if your business succeeds. But these are just the the things just to get you started, right? To get you on the right path so that you have an idea of what goes into getting your business started. And with that, guys, it's a wrap. Hey, guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at Talkspace Jen and Queen. We'll talk to you guys on the next episode.